Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Get smarter about things like saving on travel, because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancier dinner, too. Boosting your credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. And saving for an emergency fund, because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Peter Schiff Show. In a surprise move that sent shockwaves throughout the foreign exchange markets, the Swiss National Bank finally did something right. They abandoned their 120 peg with the euro. They effectively surrendered in the currency war. And so the Swiss people are now victorious because they finally won. Because Switzerland is giving up the inflation ghost, the debase your way to prosperity, the inflation at every any cost. This, of course, is the first good thing the Swiss central bank has done in a long time. But if you listen to the media reports, right, it's like this is the dumbest thing they've done. I mean, most of the headlines have to do with the fact that this is bad for Switzerland because now their currency is going to go up and it's going to hurt their exports and they're going to have deflation. Prices are going to go down. In fact, oil prices are plunging uh, for the Swiss now. Gee, I really feel bad for the Swiss. They, they, they get to spend so much, uh, so many fewer francs uh, to, fill up, uh, to fill up their cars. Nobody probably better epitomized this than Dennis Gartman, right? Nobody said it better or actually said it worse. He said, he described it as the stupidest thing he's ever seen in his career or the stupidest thing anybody's ever done. Dennis, you say that this decision is the, the Swiss central bank's decision is the single worst central bank move you've seen in four decades in watching the market. Why is that? Uh, well, it, it, it is because, the one, they gave you no indication that this was going to happen they had been spending enormous amounts of money, enormous amounts of Swiss francs, which they could create uh, as a central bank out of the thinnest of air. They promised that they would be doing that on a consistent basis. Intervention to defend your currency is very difficult, but intervention to, to send your currency lower or to keep it lower is easily accomplished. They have quit doing that. The Swiss franc has soared as a result. The sums of money that the Swiss franc or that the Swiss central bank is going to lose is going to be in the tens of billions of dollars. The impact upon the Swiss stock market and the losses that are, uh, that are accruing to Swiss citizens this morning uh, are going to be hard for the Swiss National Bank uh, uh, officials to defend. Uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. Uh, this really is, I think, a, a, a silly decision on their part, and it has, been, it has inflicted enormous losses across the world to a great number of people, not not the least of which shall be the people who hold mortgages, we heard that talked about earlier today, predicated in Swiss francs. So the damage has been severe. Well, maybe he's not comparing it to some of the stupidest things he's done himself. But the stupid thing that the Swiss did was adopting this peg in the first place. That was one of the dumbest things ever. Giving it up is one of the smartest things the Bank of Switzerland has done. You know, and Dennis Gartman himself said that, well, you know, the Swiss are going to lose tens of billions of francs this was so dumb, they're going to lose all these francs. And that's because they have a balance sheet now of better than 500 billion francs worth of euros and dollars. And the Swiss franc surged today against every currency on the planet, not just the euro. 
But now the Swiss has tens of billions in losses. Well, if they had continued the peg, they'd have had hundreds of billions. The longer they maintained the peg, the more euros and dollars they were going to buy and the more money they would ultimately lose uh, when they abandoned the peg. See, Dennis Gartman said they should have just done it forever because it cost them nothing. They could just print all the Swiss francs they want. Sure, it doesn't cost money to create Swiss francs out of thin air, but that doesn't mean the action is without cost because the Swiss people bear a huge cost in a reduction in the purchasing power of their savings and their wages. So their standard of living takes a hit for every Swiss franc uh, the Bank of Switzerland creates in order to provide a massive subsidy to the Eurozone. Now, of course, the uh, immediate reaction among Wall Street, what they now have figured out, or they believe they figured out, is that this signals that not only is Europe about to do QE, but they're going to do it bigger than ever, that it's so big that they scared the Swiss. And the Swiss basically had to back away because they know how many um, you know, euros they're going to print, and they don't want to have to back up all their toboggans and fill them up with euros in order to uh, monetize or subsidize European QE. So the conventional wisdom, Goldman Sachs came out and said today, aha, you better be ready for shock and awe uh, when it comes to European QE. Well, you know, I wouldn't be so sure. Because I think without the Swiss help, it makes it even less likely that Europe can do QE. Because they need the Swiss to buy up all the euros and, and to support uh, the currency. And I think without the Swiss as an ally, if the Swiss basically say, hey, you do this, you're on your own, right? We're abandoning this peg. Now, Germany is going to have to say, look, we don't have the Swiss anymore. We cannot do this. The Germans have got to be worried about seeing the euro plunging against the Swiss franc because traditionally, you know, the Deutsche Mark had a pretty stable relationship against the franc and now it's crumbling. So I think this might mean that Germany can dig in their heels and maybe instead of QE in Europe, we might get some actual economic reforms instead because we get some tough love coming out of Switzerland. You know, it's interesting, too, because when the Swiss bank was spreading its propaganda to make sure the Swiss people didn't vote to save their gold and, and voted down that initiative, one of the reasons was, well, we'll have a hard time maintaining the peg if we have to buy all this gold. Well, you know what? They abandoned the peg anyway. And now the Swiss franc is actually surging against gold, but it's the only currency that is. Because in U.S. dollars, gold is now up better than $30 today. We're above 1260 We've blown through new highs in the euro. We're approaching 1100 uh, for the euro price of gold. And gold is breaking out. As I said earlier, it had already broken out against other currencies. And despite its breakdown against the Swiss franc today, uh, you're seeing uh, a breakout now in dollars. But I think the Swiss should be buying gold because I think this sell-off in Swiss-price gold is only temporary. I think you're going to see a big move up, an explosive move up in gold. It'll be a bigger move against the dollar and against the euro than it will be against the Swiss franc. But it's still going to move up against the Swiss franc. Plus, when the Swiss announced the end of their peg, they also reduced their negative interest rates or I guess, increased their negative interest rates to a bigger negative number. I think now they went from they went from minus a quarter to minus three quarters. So that's the punishment now for keeping Swiss francs on deposit. Yet despite that punishment, right, the franc is still surging in value against the dollar. Now, I think then this has broader implications, too, because if I am right and Europe doesn't do QE, I mean, this is the first central bank now to, to make sense. 
to, to give up this policy, to realize that it is a mistake. Obviously, the Swiss would be better off had they never adopted the peg in the first place. So it's clearly a mistake now that they abandoned the policy, because now they have tens of billions in foreign exchange losses that they wouldn't have on their books had they never implemented the peg, because now the Swiss franc has gone up dramatically, which is something they were trying to prevent. So it's happened anyway, but now they have all these losses that they wouldn't have had if they'd have just let it happen naturally and never adopted the peg in the first place. But at least they're doing the right thing. This could be, you know, a big moment in central banking. Unfortunately, Janet Yellen is not going to get this memo, right? She is not going to be uh, pressed into uh, a tighter monetary policy. Maybe the Swiss will influence Europe, but not so here on this side of the pond. In fact, if you look at the economic data that came out again today, continues the trend of horrific economic data on the U.S. economy uh, since the end of the third quarter. We got weekly jobless claims that came out earlier this morning. They went up to 316,000, the biggest jump in four months. They also revised last week's claims higher a bit. This is now the highest number of unemployment claims since June of last year. I mean, I, I've been talking about this reversal of trend in lowering claims. The claims numbers are exploding. What's going to be next? We're going to have fewer jobs created in the non-farm payrolls, and we're going to start to see an uptick in the unemployment rate. But the real bad number, the worst number of the day, was the Philadelphia Fed number that came out. It was supposed to come out at 20 Instead, it crashed all the way down to 6.3. This is the lowest level in almost a year since February of 2014. It was the biggest miss uh, on expectations since sometime in 2011. And if you look at their employment sub-index, right, this is part of the Philly Fed, that sub-index plunged to its lowest level since June of 2013. So really bad news on the labor front. I think this whole U.S. recovery is rapidly uh, decelerating. The air is coming out of the bubble. Yellen hasn't even raised interest rates. And by the time we get to the moment in time where the considerable period might have been over or the Fed's patience were theoretically going to be exhausted, by the time we get to the point where everybody believes rate hikes are coming, we could already be in recession, which means no rate hikes are coming, which means QE4 is coming. And this is going to be the real shocker in the currency markets. I mean, the volatility we see today on the Swiss abandoning this peg is nothing compared to what's going to happen if the Fed launches QE4. Now, we'll probably find out sooner. There's, you know, I think it's uh, the 22nd of this month. We're supposed to get an announcement out of the ECB. And that could be pretty big, too, if the ECB disappoints the market and doesn't decide to trash its currency. Now, of course, the DAX rallied sharply. The Swiss index collapsed, right? It was down, I forget how, what it was, seven, eight, nine percent, whatever it was. But the Swiss stock market was down much less than the Swiss currency was up. So in real terms, Swiss citizens are better off. Yes, their market went down, but the Swiss francs in which their stocks are priced in went up. And also more importantly, if you're a Swiss citizen and you rely on dividend income from your stocks, your dividends became that much more valuable because now your Swiss francs that you earn on your Swiss stocks uh, provide you with a greater purchasing power. And of course, Americans who are invested in Swiss stocks, right? we own a lot of Swiss stocks for our clients. And even though some of those Swiss stocks were down from our, our, our vantage point, they were way up. Because if you look at Swiss stocks priced in dollars, even if they're down a couple of percent in Swiss francs, you know they're up double digits. 
in terms of U.S. dollars. And I think this is going to uh, continue and accelerate. But look, we had a collapse in the price of, um, of oil, big move in oil. Now we have big moves in the Swiss franc. Uh, we're getting lots of big moves, lots of surprises. That seems to be the story thus far in in 2015. And I think another big surprise could be another big drop in the stock market. The U.S. stock market looking very weak. I think this news out of Switzerland is much more bearish from U.S. stocks than is generally perceived. Because again, if it's a wake-up call, and the Swiss were buying a lot of dollars, right? About 40% of their reserves were euros. They had a lot of dollars. They weren't just buying euros, or maybe it was 60, I forget. But a significant percentage of the the reserves were held in U.S. dollars. And so they've been buying a lot of dollars as they've been trying to prop up the euro. So the dollar buying out of Switzerland is also going to stop. And so that could be negative for the U.S. dollar and for the U.S. Treasury market. But again, I think it is premature to conclude that because the Swiss have done this, it's out of fear for a enormous European QE. I mean, granted, there's no way they can go down with that ship. And I was warning about how ridiculous it would be for the Swiss uh, to continue their peg in the face of QE. And I thought that maybe the Swiss, together with Germany, might stop Draghi and the forces of QE because they held a lot of cards. But now the Swiss have basically left the Germans staying there all by themselves. But, you know, The Swiss have effectively left the Eurozone, even though they never officially joined it. Unofficially, they were a part of it, and now they're gone. But you know what? The Eurozone can't afford to lose Germany, because the Germans might want to bolt from this experiment if if Draghi runs full-blown QE. So again, it's not a foregone conclusion, and these markets are set up for surprises, and that would be the shocker. And I think it's interesting, too, that just a couple of days ago, Goldman Sachs came out with these negative comments on gold. And now we have this huge rise in the price of gold right in the face of those comments. Gold stocks sold off sharply over the two days, I think, as a result of those comments. And even though they're up sharply today, they still haven't given back the ground they lost in the last couple of days, even though gold prices are much higher because we had this two-day sell-off in gold stocks, even though the price of gold didn't decline at all. Although year-to-date, gold stocks are still up substantially and they're up more than gold. But of course, gold stocks have been clobbered over the last few years to a much greater degree than the price of gold itself. And so I think there's a lot of moves there. But a lot of people, a lot of leverage players are being surprised. We got a lot more surprises, a lot more pain in store for a lot more people. So I think buckle up. It's going to be a a bumpy ride. But I'm pretty sure that my uh, philosophy is going to get vindicated here, uh, that the U.S. recovery is an illusion, that the Fed is not going to be raising rates but doing QE4, that Europe may not be doing QE at all, Uh, They might end up doing some structural reforms, maybe thanks in large part to Switzerland. Now, if they end up doing some QE, if they come up with an announcement, my bet would be then that they will give the market much less than the market is hoping for. Because without the Swiss, uh, you know, uh, backing them up, it really undercuts the ability and even the need. I mean, the euro has now dropped so sharply, inflation is going to be picking up in Europe, I think, substantially already based on the weakness in the euro. Now you can add weakness against the Swiss franc, which up until now did not exist. The Swiss had spared them from that punishment. Instead, they had punished their own people. But now uh, the weakness against the euro, the uh, weakness of the euro against the franc 
is going to be a thorn in, in, in Europe's side that up until now they didn't have to deal with. So one less reason to actually do QE. And of course, it doesn't work. That's what the Swiss are saying, that this policy is counterproductive. And if it's not good for Switzerland, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for Japan. I mean, we're also seeing some weakness in the dollar against the yen. And if these carry trades blow up against the yen and the Swiss franc, right, this, this is big, big news. And again, I think the, the greatest carnage could be reserved to the U.S. dollar and the U.S. financial markets. And to that risk, just about everybody remains completely oblivious. Today's financial advisors behave like pro-wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies.